0: Pastor Xavier Reese.
1: Nebuchadnezzar spoke, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not worship the gold image which I have set up? But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the fiery furnace. Now that's how for most people say, Hey, no sweat, where's the image? When people try to intimidate you about your faith, they do so expecting for you to respond the way they tell you you should. Please do disappoint them.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. It doesn't get any clearer than the second commandment to know what God thinks of bowing to images. Thus, the three companions of Daniel... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to give honor to Nebuchadnezzar's golden image because they honored the real God of creation. Pastor Xavier has the harrowing story of deliverance for these faithful servants, continuing his Simple Truth Study series of the book of Daniel.
1: Daniel chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 8 through 30 and the message is entitled Faithful in the Face of Death. Nebuchadnezzar at this time erects an image. In the plain of Dura, uh, six miles southeast of Babylon, of colossal size. Uh, according to the cubit, if it's 18 inches, you're talking about 90 feet high and um, 9 feet wide. Uh, all of gold, plated, not solid probably. And uh, that would be about nine stories tall. Now, he commanded all the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the councilors, the treasurer, the judges, and magistrates, and all his officers in the province... To come for the dedication. And they were to give allegiance and service to this image and the king at the sound of the full orchestra. Uh, Whoever refused would be immediately cast into the furnace of fire. Um, This is the background, chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. And Nebuchadnezzar was, in effect, declaring to all his empire, as well as to God... That he was never going to be conquered by Medo Persia, the arms and shoulders of Soldier. But he, in the image, he's only the head of gold in the dream. He's saying, I'm all of gold. I'm never going to be conquered. Wow, he has a big problem <laughs> because he's contradicting what God has revealed. So, what we want to do with this background is focus on God's deliverance of the three Hebrew young men from the midst of the fire furnace here of the image which was erected by Nebuchadnezzar. And it unfolds for us in three simple movements. Let me read here. Chapter 3, verse 8, on down to 30. He says, Therefore, at that time certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said... To King Nebuchadnezzar, O King, live forever. You, King, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and the symphony, with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews who um, you have settled over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O King, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the god, uh, the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, "Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up?" Now, if you're ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and the symphony with all its kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is God who will deliver you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God who who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression of his face changed towards Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded a certain mighty men of valor who were in the army to bind Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks and their trousers, their turbans, In their garments. And then they were cast in the midst of the fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent. And the furnace exceedingly hot. The flame of the fire killed those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Fell down bound into the midst of the burning fire furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. As he rose in the haze and spoke saying to his counselors. "Did, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king, look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not heard, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fire furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High Guy, come out and come here and Shadrach Meshach and Abednego came from the midst of the fire and the salt traps and ministers governors and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power their hair of their head was not singed nor were their garments affected and the smell of the fire was not on them Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their body, that they should not serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, language, which speak anything amiss, against the God of Shadrach, Michigan, and Abednego, shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made as ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Michigan, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. The casting of the three Hebrew children into this fire furnace unfolds for us in three movements. First, we have the defiance towards the image in verse 8 to 18. Second, we have the decree of death into the fiery image in verses 19 through 25. And thirdly, the deliverance from the fiery image in 26 to 30. The defiance towards the image comes first, 8 to 18. Notice in verse 8 to 12, the accusation regarding the disloyalty of the three friends of Daniel is given to us. In 8, the charges came from those wise men of Babylon. Don't miss that. Therefore, at that time, the Chaldeans came forward and accused, listen, the Jews. There's a certain emphasis on that. The Chaldeans, as you know, were the group of people who were called to interpret the dream of Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 2, verse 2 and 4. They were the spokesmen. They were from the territory of lower Mesopotamia in the Persian Gulf. Ur of the Chaldeans. Up north, Mesopotamia, Abraham came from there, modern-day Iraq. They were considered to be the wisest men of the land. Now, they were most likely envious and jealous of the three Hebrew young men over the prominent position that has come to them. As you know, at the end of um, chapter 1, they they were found to be um, ten times better, I believe, than all the astrologers, magicians, and all that. And uh, certainly, that didn't go well with these guys because they're foreigners. And so, they they were jealous and envious. The word accused there means to slander or to denounce maliciously. The three had been promoted over the affairs of the province at the end. Chapter 2, verse 49. And so, these guys are very jealous, very envious. In 9 through 11, the Chaldeans presented themselves before Nebuchadnezzar then. They presented their... Case regarding the edict declaring that this had been an edict for all to worship the golden image. O you king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and the psaltery, and the symphony of all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. So they're working up to it. They're not. They're, they don't just come out and attack. They they have this whole process they go through. And without doubt, the edict was uh, again to unify the political. Um, uh, Empire under the religious Faction of this uh, idol And of course Nebuchadnezzar is King and he is absolute Power but the fact that It was all of gold is a direct Contradiction as we stated To the revelation of God that Babylon Would be conquered by the Medo-Persian Empire and he said that In chapter 2 verse 37 To 39 and then in chapter 8 verse 20 Where we we are told that Medo-Persia is the one who conquers Babylon He's only the head of gold. So, we're not left to our own interpretation. Now, in verse 11, they remind the king of the mortal consequences for defiant people. Whoever does not fall down on worship will be cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Okay, So, it goes back to verse 6 of initial edict. Now, in verse 12, they brought to the king's attention some leading officers here regarding their allegiance to... To the image. The speech is filled with disdain for the foreigners. Listen carefully. There are certain Jews who you have set up over the affairs of the province of Babylon. The specific names are given. They knew them well Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. The serious accusations were three they were being disloyal to the king. These men, O oh king, have not paid due regard to you, to so the king. They were defiant to his twofold decree. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. The word worship appears 11 times between verse 5 and 7, 10 through 12, 14 and 15, 18 and 28. And so you always have this, even if you remember. The Europe time when the kings, the Catholic kings and all that, they married political with the religious. They tied them together. And when you tie the two together, you have control of everybody. And when people don't agree politically, you just kind of put a religious taint on it. Well, you're dead anyway. You're wrong. We're the authority. That's what the Catholic Church did. Same thing here. Now, verse 13 through 18. The confrontation regarding the disloyalty of the three friends of Daniel is given to us. Um, The reaction of Nebuchadnezzar was both physical and emotional. Don't miss it. Then Nebuchadnezzar enraged in fury, it says. The physical is indicated by the word rage. The outward expression being defied. He blew his top. He had a meltdown. But see, when all you have is people who fear you rather than respect you, this is business as usual. These were leaders in his empire. It could threaten the political unity in his attempt to do so. And he knows this. The emotional is indicated by the word fury. The internal response of being to fight. It means burning anger. Hot displeasure. Been there? <laughs> Somebody's telling you about something you're okay and all of a sudden, what, what, what you? it begins from the inside, right? It's like a volcano. The pride of Nebuchadnezzar reared his ugly head, unable to tolerate anyone to disobey. This guy's reputation precedes him. He's not a nice man. In verse 13, still the infuriated and cantankerous king ordered the disloyal subjects to be brought to him. Bring him before me. He's the supreme authority, king of kings. He gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's the supreme ruler. They brought these men before the king. This was their purpose. This was their goal. It seemed to be flowing pretty good so far. In verse 14 and 15, the interrogation of the three Jews by Nebuchadnezzar is given to us. In verse 14, he asked them if the charges of disloyalty to him were true or a mere misunderstanding. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? And you can imagine, he's looking at them like, you know, people who are in authority, if they're not humble. They're in your face. They were his gods. The gold image had been set up by him. It's repeated over and over again. Now, Still in 15, notice he gave them an opportunity to clear themselves. I don't think because he was merciful. But I think he's just, these guys are doing such a great job. They're ten times better than anybody else. I mean, the kingdom's running smooth. Maybe he's just hoping deep down that it's just a mistake, you know, a misunderstanding. Now, if you are ready, at the time that you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, the symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. So it's a full orchestra. String instruments. uh, You got flutes. You got everything here. And then he gave them the severe consequence on the flip side. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Now that self would, for most people, say, Hey, no sweat. Where's the image? He gave them a challenge then. That he was greater than any God. And who is able? Who is the God who... Will deliver you, from my hand. Now he use a small g, but nevertheless, <laughs> the Assyrian generals did the same thing when they came to Jerusalem to talk to the man on the wall. Who able to deliver us? What are the gods? Well, they found out. Now notice in sixteen to eighteen, the reciprocation of the three young Jews to Nebuchadnezzar. In verse sixteen, the unhesitating proclamation. Of their non-compromise is stated. A sharp rebuke to the king, by the way. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Wow. Not what he was expecting. When people try to intimidate you, the world tries to intimidate you about your faith. They do so expecting for you to respond the way they tell you you should. Please do disappoint them. This is not negotiable, they said. The choice is easy. They knew what Exodus 23 through 6 says. Have no other God before me. Make no image of any God. Part of the Ten Commandments. First table of the law. The vertical. My relationship to God. They single-mindedly were united in their trust in their God to rescue them. Listen to the words of verse 17. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace and He will deliver us from your hand, O King. Ooh! Notice the difficult situation did not hinder their faith and trust in God's abilities. While well, at the same time, they recognized that their deliverance could come by way of death, which would fulfill what they said. Secondly, He will deliver us from your hand. If God allowed them to die in the fire, They would be delivered from Nebuchadnezzar's hand... And they would be in the bosom of Abraham... In paradise... Waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ... To descend down there and take them to heaven... Okay? So when the believer dies... He doesn't lose... He gains... Now... A Christian never... Prefers death over life... So suicide is not a Christian thing... The Christian prefers life over death... But his sure hope... His certain hope is no... That when he dies... He doesn't die. He continues to live with the Lord. There's a difference. Now, in effect, they were saying, if we bow, we will burn. If we don't bow, we cannot burn. I like that philosophy. Not too many Christians stand behind that today. They simply reaffirm their defiance of the king in 18. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor do we worship the golden image which you have set up. The three were very aware that God might not rescue them by the words, but if not. The three could not and would not serve and worship the idol of gold set up by Nebuchadnezzar. The history is filled with a hatred against the Jew, You'd have to be blind to close your eyes to it. In 1873, the term anti-Semitism was first used in a pamphlet by Willem Marr called Jury's Victory Over Tautism. In 1881, Alexander II of Russia was assassinated by radicals. The Jews were blamed. About 200 individual pogroms against the Jews followed. A pogrom is a Russian word meaning devastation or riot. In Russia, a program was typically a mob riot against a Jewish individual. His shops, homes, businesses, they were often supported and even organized by the government. Thousands of Jews became homeless and impoverished. The few who were charged with offenses generally received very light sentences. In 1893, anti-Semitism parties won 16 seats in the German Reichstag. And we know what happened in Germany. The greatest persecution of the Jew is still in the future, during the seven year tribulation, as the church is raptured, and then the Antichrist appears to rule the whole world. Prophecy is uh, short term, long term, and there are many types in the scripture, and many people see Nebuchadnezzar as a type of the Antichrist, the Hebrew children as the remnant of Israel, Daniel, a type of the church that is not present at that time, and we see the parallels. Now, the Antichrist will rebuild the Jewish temple. Uh, he will sit and declare himself to be God and demand that he be worshipped. We know this. Paul the Apostle in Second Thessalonians 2, 3-4 through 4 says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for the day of the Lord will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. We know that the Jews want to build their temple. They're making provisions for it. The temple society, we visited many times throughout the years. And um, yet that's the Antichrist temple. Okay? Now, he will make an image of himself and place it in the temple. Listen to Revelation 13, 14. And he he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. In other words, a false prophet does signs in front of the beast, the Antichrist. Telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and lives. There's an assassination attempt on his life, as you know. His right eye is withered and his right arm also withers. The eye is blind. And they say, who is able to make war against this man? Now, the world is ready for a one world ruler, Okay. One world mindset has been going for Since the beginning of the last century But it took off from the 70s on 60s, not even World courts World banks World food reserves World medical Everything He the false prophet Was granted power to give breath To the image Revelation 13:15 says Of the beast And that image of the beast Should both speak And cause many who would not Worship the image of the beast To be killed Interesting parallel. Now, the specific time when the Antichrist declares himself God is the middle of the seven-year tribulation. This covenant is the one week that remains in Daniel 9.27 when we get there. After three and a half years, he puts a stop to the animal sacrifice, which he will institute along with the building of the temple. Then the Antichrist will set up the image of himself in that temple and demand all to worship the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel in chapter 11. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. That's the defining mark in the middle of the tribulation. First three and a half years, he's the greatest guy. Interesting parallel. The defiance towards the image was a declaration of faithfulness to God. Amazing. Pastor Xavier
0: Reese has been applying the prophetic images from the book of Daniel to the forthcoming images of the world to come. As always, you can hear this message again online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Now, we've had to break for today only part way through this message, and if your schedule won't permit you to tune in next time for the conclusion, you can pick up your own copy of this study as well. And the title you want to ask for is simply, Faithful in the Face of Death. It's available on CD for only $4. And make sure you pass on this study to a friend in your church or Bible study when you're through. Once again, the title to ask for is Faithful in the Face of Death or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese.